0: Hi everyone, what's your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Corny Moeller. Corny is an outstanding syndicator doing many great things you may have not even imagined. Tune in and let's hear about her story and massive success. Let's dive in and listen to what Corny has to share with us. Thanks for coming to our show, Corny.
1: Oh, it's today? going so great. And I'm so honored to be here with you. Um, I really I'm just I'm excited about our conversation and all the things we're going to talk about.
0: Awesome, Courtney. Before we dive into the great story and the great stuff you have achieved, give us a little content colors on where you came from, like where like how you grew up, and you know what kind of mindset that that drives you into doing either real estate or whatever uh, that you're currently doing, yeah,
1: so that's actually a really great question. um you know, I grew up in West Texas, my dad was a petroleum engineer, so I've been in the you know around the oil and gas field my whole life and um, you know here a few years ago you know the majority of our income was oil and gas, which is great when oil's eighty to a hundred dollars a barrel but when it's thirty dollars or sub zero that really you know affects your way of living so that led me to want to go down you know get into some different investments and look at some different opportunities and really diversify my my portfolio so that actually led me into kind of the stock market and crypto space and I really started digging around in crypto and got really good at blockchain and all of that space. And uh, the real estate guys invited me to come and speak at their investor summit on sand on crypto and blockchain. And that's when I really learned about syndication and all of these different asset classes that real estate has to offer, precious metals, Um and you know, I kind of got shiny object syndrome because I wanted to invest in everything. But from there, I learned how to syndicate deals, and um, you know, now I passively invest in other syndications. And I am working on my own syndications in the oil and gas space and the crypto space, and am working on a real estate tokenization platform. So it's been an amazing journey and really, really exciting. So that's just kind of a, a little quick background on where I came from and how I ended up here.
0: Yeah, and Courtney, you just talked about a lot of keyword that uh, you know we can spend probably a whole year to talk about just one of the topic. That's uh start from being a new new syndicator. Um, when you have established, you know, uh, certain expertise on on certain regions, how syndications plays into the equation that help you, you know, thrive or amplify the success?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't even know what syndication was 15 months ago. So I'm actually a relatively newer syndicator. And once I realized that, you know, I can pull people's money together, and we can go in and acquire assets, that was such a game changer for me. You know, we, we aren't given a financial education growing up. And so, you know, really plugging into people that were doing these incredible things, it just really showed me a different way about how to really grow my wealth. And, you know, what real wealth truly meant to me and my family and the things that I was trying to do. And, and now I'm really focused on you know, not only what can I do for my family, but my friends and my investors and how can I change their lives. So, um, you know, my very first syndication ended up being in the oil and gas field, which was kind of a natural thing for me, you know, I really wanted to run out and syndicate apartments. But I figured out that, you know, having this lifelong history of oil and gas, um, you know, I met somebody at the Real Estate Guys event that was involved in that space. And that just seemed kind of a natural way for me to plug in. And it's really funny because the first, you know, syndication opportunity that came to me, they were like, do you want to syndicate? And I was like, yes, let's do this. And then I thought, oh, man, I don't have any investors. (laughs) So I had to really kind of step back and figure out how I was going to build that investor list and, you know, how I was going to do that. So that's something that I've really focused on in this last year. And it's gone, gone really well. But as a new syndicator, that was really intimidating.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, people who syndicate, they would know, you know, what kind of, you know, uh, the headaches or what kind of, you know stress that you have to go through, so we will dive into further details there um but before we do that um you were um meeting someone in the in the in the conference, and uh you know the opportunity just present to you right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the great things about going to these different, you know, syndication and investment events, you know, these, this is where really the opportunities and the magic happens. You know, this is where I met my business partners. This is where I learned, you know, what other people were syndicating, how they were doing it and really kind of plugging in and figuring out, okay, what, what is this journey going to look like for me? How can I put things together and, and do that? So it really was great. So the investment conference was awesome because it involved, you know, different classes of real estate, precious metals, oil and gas, crypto, you know, it covered a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, people are syndicating islands and jets. It's, it's amazing. You can literally literally anything. syndicate anything. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, so um, Connie and myself, uh, we went to, uh, uh, you know, the same conference and we're associated with the real estate guys group. We really resonate with their value right um one thing that we learned a lot you know on the syndications was that syndication is about solving people's problem and the bigger problem you solve the larger reward you will get right so um i do want to touch on the uh limited partner perspective right cuz most of the people listening here they probably won't be doing syndications um, sure. Most of the people are limited partners um, or potential investor. So mm-hmm. um, what would you like to share say if you were to restart again on your first indication, um, what would you do or what would you remind yourself to do to make sure that we're looking out for the uh, limited partners and you know suggestions or advice to limited partners?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And so um, one of the things, you know, my very first investment was a limited partner in another apartment, in a a multifamily apartment complex. And one of the things that are, I guess, a couple of the things that I've learned is, number one, um, you want to make sure that anybody that's syndicating apartments are doing cost segregation because it's really important for tax time. Um, And number two, and especially right now, this is so important right now, and at the syndication event we were both at, Victor Minash did a speech, uh, a presentation about um, how different loans, you know, bridge loans and things were affecting deals. And so when these syndicators were putting these apartment deals together, they were locking in bridge loans at 3%. And now that interest rates have gone up, when they're moving into their long-term loans, uh, what they were expecting you to get at 3% and having a nice capital inflow that they were going to distribute to their investors. Now they're having to come to the table with more because these interest rates are coming in at, you know, six, seven, eight percent So now they're having to do capital calls. So I think it's very important as a, as a limited partner to make sure that you, you know, cost segregation is happening and, um, that these longer term loans, making sure that they have long-term, uh, financing locked into place at the beginning.
0: Great, great point. Um, A lot of GP or a lot of syndicators um, are just focusing on taking down the deal, but they don't pay too much attention on how to operate and how to keep the deal so they won't be put into a position that they have to sell. Right.
1: Correct.
0: So um, I think, um, you know, Corny just just point point out a, a great point. If you are limited partners, you have to look into how, you know, your operator is looking at the deals and whether there are multiple exit strategy in place. Um, right. Um, great, great stuff. Um, the other thing that you mentioned about was the cost segregation, we won't dive, you know, too deep right uh, in here. Um, of course, if you're interested, uh, maybe we can talk about it in a separate uh, uh, video. But yeah. that's uh, uh, right. Yeah, that's that is
1: definitely not my specialty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, talk talk to your tax advisor and uh, they should know way more. Right. Um, so, OK, so let's jump to the next topic because, um, you know, we got a lot to cover. Um, one thing you talked about was the real estate tokenization. Right. Yes. Uh How is tokenization different or how is tokenization, you know, uh, play in parallel with syndication?
1: That's a that's a great question. So, um, you know, real estate is one of the best places for you to invest. Um, But one of the biggest problems with real estate is there's not any liquidity there. So generally when you invest in it, you're locked in for five, seven, 10, 15 years. And so one of the things that tokenization does is, is create liquidity in a generally illiquid asset, but it's so much more than that. Um, One of our main goals is, you know, being able to open up investment opportunities to everybody—you know, not just people that are accredited—but you know, I, I really truly believe that everybody should have the same opportunities. And you know, I don't like that the government steps in and tells people what they can and can't do with their money, what they're smart enough to do. And so, tokenization really is just going to create shares of an asset like real estate, um, like they do. Like it, it's just like shares of stocks, but this is shares of an asset and so we are in the process of creating this marketplace where people can trade in and out of those assets like they do stocks.
0: Awesome. So is it uh like like a like a fund basically fund to fund um operation
1: yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. So we're we're creating this marketplace where you can literally log on. And as a syndicator, you come in, you tokenize it, which creates those shares of this asset, and then you can open it up to your investors. And it actually what's really great about the marketplace is for a new syndicator, if you don't have a large investor pool yet, you can put your, you know, tokenize your asset on the marketplace and open it up to all of the investors that are there. So it will help with capital raising, uh, payment rails, so, so much KYC, accreditation, everything. Um, But now say, say, you know, a year in, you want to take 10% of that asset to move into something else. You can sell a small portion of it, retain that so that you can invest in another, another deal, which is really great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it's, um, it's going to be become a token that you can just um, sell and trade on platform like Coinbase, like um, right? Correct. Okay, BlockFi. I see. One question I do have related to that is that you know we both know like five hundred six B and five hundred six C are the two you know um, uh, traditional or basically standard way for syndication. Yeah. Um, tokenizing that basically would allow all the non credited investor to come in. And at the same time, you can also somewhat advertise. Is that right?
1: Well, so um, with these exemptions, you still have to follow the rules. Um, Even though you're tokenizing, you still have to follow the securities laws. Um, So like with the 506C, which is all accredited investors, you still will only be able to have accredited investors, but after one year, um, you can open it up and, to non-accredited investors. So accredited investors will be able to trade with non-accredited investors after one year.
0: Oh, OK. OK, so so that that's uh, that's basically. Means that uh, initially you you can only stick with a credit investor and later on.
1: Yes. So all okay. of the, the same laws that apply um, if you're just doing regular syndication, all of those laws and regulations are still in place even when you tokenize. The Got difference it. is that after certain time periods, it opens up where other people, that everybody can trade.
0: Mm, I see, I see, I see.
1: So maybe the maybe you did a 506c and non-accredited couldn't get in at that time, but after a year, which now the asset has had a year to perform to prove its space in the, the market, and now you can open that up to where everybody can trade and they can move into that asset at that time.
0: Mm, I see. And the asset behind the tokens um, should be fixed or is that a fund that you can still operate or the syndicator can still it, buy? It and- would
1: be fixed. So say you tokenized an apartment complex in Dallas. Literally, you'll do this syndication just like you regularly would. You just have one additional step where you go in and create those shares or tokens of that asset. So they're held in a wallet in an account kind of like Schwab or Fidelity. Um, and then after that one year lockup, they would be able to be traded on the marketplace.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So basically the acquisition process is still the same because that, yes. that's before year one. And and after year year one, you can open up to the main street.
1: Correct. And the other great thing about the tokenization process and what we're working on is we have a company that will be um, doing monthly appraisals. So you'll always know what that asset is worth. They take the rent rolls and, uh, you know, modifications that have been made to the property to give it a new valuation each month. So you'll always know what your tokens are worth and what your asset that you've invested in is worth.
0: Right. Uh, one question that come to me is that um, as there are, there are going to be trade, you know, trading between people. <clears throat> wouldn't you be losing some value during a transaction? And does it over time devalue the token or the asset?
1: No, it, it doesn't because there's... So, whenever you tokenize, you say it's a million dollar property. You'll set the number of tokens and the value when it's created, and then they will adjust. They're they're not like cryptocurrency where um, it depends on you know who's the the demand. Um, that value is set with um, you know the monthly appraisals, the va- and the value of the property itself.
0: Oh, I see. I see. The price of the tokens wouldn't be going up and down. It would just be a no. fix. Uh-huh. Correct.
1: It, they'll be fixed. Now, as the property uh, you know, changes in appraisal value, if the property goes up in value, the tokens will go up in value. If the property goes down in value, the tokens would go down. So they they have no effect. There's no market effect on them. It's just what the actual asset is worth.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for the insight. Um, regarding to the crypto and Bitcoin mining, um, you also have experience and expertise on um, what 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 can you share about you know this space
1: yeah. So Bitcoin mining, I do. I have two Bitcoin mining funds that I manage as of right now. We are looking to scale that out. And so um, right now is such an amazing time to get into Bitcoin. Um, you know, the price of miners is directly correlated with the price of Bitcoin. And because it is depressed right now, we're able to acquire significantly more miners than we could, you know, nine months ago. So, um, you know, I always tell everybody the biggest question I get right now is, well, do you think right now is a great time to get into Bitcoin? and Yes, absolutely. You know, you always want to get involved. Smart money always moves in when there's fear and blood in the streets. And that's what's happening right now. So right now is the time that you want to capitalize on that. And when you invest in Bitcoin mining, as opposed to buying Bitcoin spot on the markets, you get depreciation because we are buying equipment and we are mining it and creating the Bitcoin cheaper than what you can buy it. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to doing that.
0: Right, right. And especially when you're doing syndications, you are doing it in a much larger scale. Right.
1: Yes. And because we are doing it at a larger scale, um, I get an even bigger discount on the equipment. And so um, so it's it's just it's a it's a great way to be involved in Bitcoin. Plus, you know, our investors don't have to worry about, you know, trading anything on the markets or anything like that. And then we help guide them into times when it might be a smart time, you know, to take profit. Um, You know, I I take profit in some of my Bitcoin and move it into real estate and, and other things like that.
0: Mm, cool, cool, cool. So, um, this is this sounds like um, a sharing concept with real estate, right? If you are um, doing the syndications, you are you know allocating or or resourcing larger amount of fund into a larger, better asset, right? You'll will, you'll will be able to scale up not only the profit but also the value that you will create for your uh, investor. Right? Correct. So it's Correct. A, it's, a, it's a great great concept um next uh next topic that we want to touch on quickly is the carbon capture right this this is probably a a newer topic to to most of my you know our audience here um give us a, a basic one like 101 uh carbon captures what what that is what the concept is things like that
1: yeah so carbon capture this is one of my favorite investments you know it's it's an oil and gas play um but it is I really like it because you're not exposed to the volatility or or the potential risks that you have of drilling oil and whether you're even going to hit oil or not. So carbon capture, there's portable equipment where we're actually removing the carbon from the natural gas right at the well site. This process creates a... A fluid that oil companies are using to frack their wells. So instead of using water to frac them, they're using this material. They're getting you know carbon credits because they're reinjecting that carbon into the ground. And so, um, so it's it's a great process. Uh, we're you know tied in with Exxon and larger companies that have you know over eighteen hundred well sites. So and with the equipment being portable, uh, we have an endless supply of, of wells. Now, the great thing about this investment is like. A hundred thousand dollar investment um, will net you a two hundred thousand dollar deduction against ordinary income and capital gains, um, and that's something special that's written into the tax code. And we we added that leverage component in there, which is what gets you the two x. And so, and, and plus it cash flows really well. You know that will pay ten thousand dollars a quarter for seven years. So. Hmm. It has great cash flow and amazing tax benefits. And a lot of my investors are coming because they've had either a huge capital gains event or they're very large W-2 earners, and they need those tax benefits at the end of the year.
0: How's the cash flow uh, being generated?
1: So part of it is from um, the sell of the fluid to the oil companies. And then we do get some of the uh, oil that's recovered from the enhanced oil recovery when they frack the wells.
0: Mm-hmm. I see I see and since the the demands for oil is always there, you would get basically just like a business
1: correct correct
0: awesome um this is a uh impressive concept, right basically, you are taking the thing you need out of the ground and putting the thing that you don't want back to the ground and right. by do it by doing that, you are creating value and in the the, the the tax code, it basically would, the, the government is encouraging you to do that,
1: right? Correct. Absolutely. <clears throat> Just like- well, the green, you know, clean energy is such a big deal right now. And the natural gas, when we're removing that carbon right at the site, the gas is 98, 99% clean. So it can be sold directly there. It doesn't have to go and be refined. Um, and now because we're taking that, that carbon and re reinjecting it back into the ground instead of using water. You know, water is such a, a limited precious resource right now. And so the fact that the oil companies are using this fluid instead of water and reinjecting the carbon, it's, it's a, it's a big deal.
0: Cool, corny Um that's uh, get back to the topic of syndication, right? Because all the massive success that we or or the topic that we touch on, it, it really build on top of a syndication concept. Right. So um, one question that I, you know, came across when we were talking about those topics was that you have all those different so-called shiny op- object. Right. And yes. um, how did you manage your investors' interests to align? Right. Because syndication is about matching the the value it of is. the asset with the money. Right.
1: It is. Well, and one of the things that I really, um, you know, everybody's always talking about passive income or tax benefits. And so one of the things that I've really focused on is taking a look at, um, You know, some people kind of miss the whole concept of passive income and things like that. Some people don't really understand how those benefits of these syndications tie into them. So, you know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I said, hey, you know, you can take the 50 or $100,000 you were planning on paying for your kid's college. You can invest it in this deal over here and it's going to cash flow for you and, you know, pay, it's going to create enough income for you to pay for three kids college. And so I have really started taking the benefits of the syndications I'm putting together and translating that into how it affects somebody in their real life situation so that they can relate it to themselves. And so I'm always taking a look at, okay, how can I help people with their tax problems? Um, How can I help people? You know, you've got to pay income on passive investments. You know, what kind of deals can I put together that are going to help them cover their tax problems that they're creating from? The other passive income they, the other deals they've invested in. So it's a, it's a, it's a strategy, and we have strategizing sessions where we can take a look at that and figure out how to put those deals together that are going to match the needs of my investors.
0: Awesome, awesome. So um, did you uh, uh, develop the investor like poor or investor list on each topic and eventually put them together, or you kept them separate, or do you just? You know, reach out to investors, those are all the available products.
1: I I do. So what I do is, um, you know, whenever I get a new investor, I I have a really good conversation with them to find out, okay, what, what are you looking for? Um, what, what is your income situation? You know, what are your long-term goals? Are you, you know, what are, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to create wealth? Are you trying to create income? Do you need tax benefits? So I really kind of dig in and find out, you know, what their needs are. And then I try to figure out the best way that I can meet them.
0: Awesome. And if I don't have
1: something that will fit what they need, I will send them over to somebody else that does at the time. Cause really at, at the end of the day, I want to do the best that I can for my investors. I want to help them to be successful. And um, that's, that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, helping out the investor is one of the core value of doing the syndication. So, yeah, great, great stuff. Um, Courtney, um, most of our, um, you know, audience are newer investor who just got into real estate, you know, a year or even less than a year. Um, what's your advice to them? Say if you were to restart, what would you do?
1: That is such a great question. You know, my oldest son is now doing, you know, video work for the real estate guys. And he called me with this exact question. And, you know, I was talking to Russ, we just had our inner circle meetup a couple of days ago, and they are in the process of creating a new program for younger kids um, to kind of teach them how to assess real estate deals and and that sort of thing. So I'm actually going to put my younger kids in it because it's so great. So I would um, tell people that they need to start slowly investing. Russ, the way that he's teaching them is, um, you know, building up kind of a work Portfolio and having some cash in reserve so that by the time they turn 18, they can buy their first investment property. So I think it's really important. Um, you know, build to rent. We have several people that are doing build to rent. I think that's a great place for people to start. Um, I would take a look at some different 506B deals that allow anybody in. You know, the 506B deals I offer, I will let newer younger people come in at a much lower entry point so that they can you know have experience with different investments and the great thing about investments um, you might see a $50,000 minimum or something but if you'll talk to those syndicators a lot of times they'll let you come in significantly lower than that so i think it's important to start t- checking out different deals getting on different syndicators lists so you can start taking a look and assessing those deals and learning how to value them and how, how to assess them. Um, and then start, start investing in things slowly. There's a company called bricks, um, that's actually tokenizing rental properties. And I think the minimum you can get in is like a hundred dollars and you can invest in that, start getting, you know, they take, uh, just, Oh, distressed properties, fix them up and start renting them out. And then after a two or three year time period, they sell them. So you're getting rental income and then you're uh, realizing that appreciation after a certain time period. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved and, you know, attending investment conferences and checking some of these things out are a great way to get plugged in to kind of find out what's even out there that you can get involved in.
0: So what I hear is taking actions to um, invest and also learn from the investment. Right,
1: yes, absolutely. Oh. yes, yes, taking action is the biggest thing, you know, learn getting that education, plugging in, you know, watching podcasts, figuring you know learning about things, but then taking action and doing something about it,
0: right, right, Courtney, I really appreciate all the contents that that you provide um is if there there's a there's a book that uh influenced you the most, what would that be?
1: Oh my gosh. That is a really great question. So I, should I have started ask off you before. <laughs> yes. Well, so I started off with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I actually had not read it, but I got to sit on a panel with Robert Kiyosaki and um, it was, it was a really incredible experience. So I, I jumped in and read all of his books. Um, but probably one of my other favorite, favorite books is, um, okay, well, gosh, that's so hard. There's there's okay. I would start with rich dad poor dad for new investors. Okay. I would start with that one and and go from there.
0: Good good point. And if there's a recommended book list, feel free to send it to me after the the interview, and we will include that in the podcast notes. Um, right, so so our listener can can access.
1: Okay. Yeah. The the one that I'm reading right now. Hold on. I'm I've, I've <clears> totally drawing a blank. Hang on. Give me just one second. Yep. Um, it's one of my favorite books. Oh, it's called The Gap and the Gain. Um, I've actually listened to it. Yes. I've listened to it multiple times now because it reminds me, you know, we, we go through struggles. We have great things that happen. We have negative things that happen, but there's always good that comes out of everything. And there's, there's good to take from that experience. And the other book that I really love is called The Go-Giver. And it really talks about how you can, Um, you know, affect good things in other people's lives, how you can connect people to the things that they need. And so um, definitely, you know, the real estate books, all of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, book line is really great. There's great tax books with Tom Wheelwright. Um, Kenny McElroy has a great line that he's partnered with the Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, group. And then uh, the Gap and the Gain and the Go-Giver are fantastic. And they follow my philosophy and my mission, vision and values.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, hey, if, if you have been listening to our podcast, those are the books that, you know, many guests has mentioned. So if you have not read those books, I don't know what you're waiting for. Right. Right. Just go get a book, yeah. read those and help yourself, you know, get to the mindset that 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 push you to the next level of success. Courtney, um, how can people reach you? Um Website yeah, and so
1: social. I I have a website. It's CourtneyMoler.com. Uh, my email is Courtney at CourtneyMoler.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Courtney Moler, Instagram, all the social medias. So I I would love to have a conversation with anybody if they'd like. And um, I, I I my goal in life is to educate and spread abundance and greatness.
0: Awesome. Uh, Courtney is is really a, a impressive investor that that I was able to meet at the at the conference, and I hope you like the contents that we are we are providing today. Um, you know, if if you're interested and if you have specific questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, we will either you know invite uh, Courtney back if she's happy to come back, um, yes, or I would we love will. To. Thanks. Yeah. Or or basically we'll get the answer for you. Okay. Um, Is there any last uh, word that you would like to share with our audience, Corny?
1: You know, I think probably some of the biggest things that have had such a huge effect on me over the course of this last year is, um, you know, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So the people that you spend your time with matter. The things that you do in your spare time matter. You know, I'm plugged into great podcasts and books and education. So, um, you know, get, get plugged into the right places. Take a look at what you're doing in your spare time and make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you
0: like corny awesome thanks a lot
1: (laughs) thank you so much for having me
0: please come back um all right uh if uh we will be wrapping up our interview right here